you gotta learn how to fall. You, know, you gotta learn how to let your body fall and not and, and it's something that your body's not used to. You wanna brace yourself, you wanna try to stop your fall. Um, you gotta teach your mind how to do that, trying to fall with contact too. It's a totally different animal, how to brace, how to understand, you gotta just take, you gotta, you gotta be okay with getting hit. And clear up the closing doors, please. What up, son? What up? Grind to Pivot, Louis Max, Queens, New York. Pivotal moments that changed everything in the house today. And I am totally stoked. I can't even, I don't even know how to announce this guy. Everyone of all ages, straight off the Meat Pop Express, the next big thing, six feet, 12 inches, spinning, spine busting, big trouble. Ben Bishop. What's up, my brother? How much, Louis? How are you? I'm enjoying myself down here in Maryland. It's been a great day. Beautiful 85 degrees out here in Columbia, Maryland. Great place to be. I couldn't be happier to be actually sitting inside, not in the sun, talking to you. So what the hell? <laughs> I've been following you for quite a while, and um, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm actually stoked about what's going on with your career. I, it's definitely moving. COVID was a kind of a lockdown and now things are starting to open up. What happened during COVID? Were you, uh, what did you do during the lockdown? Where did you train? How did you really yeah. handle that situation? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I really started training with uh, pro wrestling um, in September of 2019 with uh, Nick Taylor. He goes by Sicken on the independent circuit. A lot of independent wrestling heads know who his trainer is very well. Ruckus. Uh, he was a East Coast, um, New York to Philadelphia, New Jersey, Baltimore. He's from Baltimore, independent wrestling legend. See, when CZW was at its height, wrestled everybody. He went to Japan um, and also was trained by James Ellsworth as well. Um, the former WWE guy, trained by Axel Lawton, was an ECW legend. Absolutely. Uh, so had, had some great training. Uh, things were going great. Things were great. You know, progressing quickly, going, hitting the road with Ellsworth, learning from Nick in the ring, learning a lot of the basics. Had my first show in February 2020, and it, it felt like everything, you know, starting to take off. ACW Adrenaline Championship Wrestling here in Maryland just seemed like that we were ready. To, you know, at 750 people at the show, everyone was hyped up, excited. We thought we were going to, you know, just take over the summer and be one of, like, the hottest indies on the East Coast. And then, of course, obviously, the pandemic happens and everything shuts down. And I just started. I literally had three matches under my belt when the pandemic started. Bummer. You know, uh, April of 2020, I really didn't do anything. Uh, nothing, like, no training, nothing, no shows. Um, I was like, well, maybe this ain't meant to be. You know, I was almost having a pity party for myself and just okay. being like, you know what, I got one match in and... Uh, one big match in front of people, and that was great. And um, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's I, I. I followed a dream, and I tried, and I did it, and maybe this is it. You know? Really? Wow, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. There was so much uncertainty surrounding the pandemic, and what's wrestling going to look like on the other side of this. I kind of stopped having that pity party for myself. I started to pick myself back up and be like, all right, you know, I, I let's see what we can do. Let's try to figure out a way that. You know, I can continue to market myself or try to keep myself relevant as much as possible you know, through all the BS. And lo and behold, you know, I, I just started trying to, you know, make, make Instagram videos and work on my promos and, and work on my body and work on anything I possibly could 
to try and set myself apart. I already am set. I'm already set apart from different people just because of my sheer size. Absolutely. But, but you know, there are guys that are big in wrestling. They're, they're big guys in wrestling. I can't just be like, hey, I'm a, you know, good looking seven foot guy. You know, I got to, I'll, I'll, call, I'll call myself good looking. I'm, I'm humble, but not that humble. Uh, you know, so I, I, I can't just get over on that. I got to make sure that I have a personality. And that's, that's never been something that's foreign to me. I've always had kind of a personality and uh, just I've been able to express myself um, in a, like a bombastic way. So that was never an issue for me speaking and talking. And um, everyone always told me to be a pro wrestler for that reason. I just tried, tried to figure out what can I do. And I ended up, you know, starting to train again in May and doing some shows outside and training outside. Luckily, you know, where I train, we do, we can train outside. So right. um, it's not inside. We don't have all these regulations. I hit the road with Ellsworth, started going to Tennessee, places that were a little more lenient. Uh, went to Tennessee a lot. It almost became my second home. Through really? the whole what, what, part of, what part of Tennessee? Um, outside, the, outside Memphis, outside Nashville. Um, Lawler area, Jared. Lawler area, he is the right. king. He, he is the king. Not, that's not a gimmick. He's no. a, he truly is the king of Memphis. Nope. Big time. Um, and actually, I was working I was working a promotion for uh, Burt Prentice, a longtime wrestling promoter who Big is um, Jerry Lawler's agent. Okay, you know. Wow, you know your stuff. Absolutely. Um, Burt Prentice, uh, great guy. Um, he's an old school promoter. Um, people are usually either love or hate Bert. Uh, I'm in the camp that loves Bert. I okay. think he's he's an awesome guy, and he because he runs a tight ship. But you know what? You respect the hell out of him, and um, he's seen everything. So he likes you. He likes you. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Cornet, I'm a big cornet guy also down big that, that, yeah. down he, that he, way. He out Bert every now and then. I love yeah, absolutely. I as a matter of fact, I've been following Cornet for years. Um, and yeah. uh, I actually. I think I actually once tweeted or texted him something about you. You know, obviously he gets a million, so he didn't really say anything. But what I did want to backtrack was, you know, you were actually at a, at a moment when things were out of the gate. You were pretty good. You actually were questioning it. And I was going to say exactly what you said really was because I watched you on social media. So you say to yourself, shit, what am I doing? What am I going to do now? Now, the whole mm -hmm. thing with the whole wrestling and, I, you know, for an old school guy is on the mic is so so important it really is and then i see you coming out with your social media stuff your instagram your stuff or on a on a regular basis and i see it evolve and it's getting better it's funny it's good some of the stuff you know some of the stuff is ridiculous and you know it's like the best part about it is you you know like you said you're not taking yourself too seriously no, you, you, you know it's ridiculous too it is. And, well, wrestling is ridiculous that the whole thing every pro wrestling is one of the most ridiculous concepts in the world um and you can't take yourself too serious you can't take pro wrestling too. you got to take it serious enough where you respect the hell out of it exactly at the same time, you gotta you gotta turn yourself up to a different level when you're a pro wrestler and you gotta no about you gotta keep your inhibitions at the door and you just gotta let yourself go and be creative and right. like guys like the rock and stone cold and the whole kogans and the rick flares and all the greats you know they they you have to be a character. Stone Cold's a perfect example. When he was stunning Steve Austin, he was having these great matches, and he, you know, he could do the arm drags and he could do all the, the like the technical moves, and it was over enough as a tag team. But yeah, then him he, and a Hollywood oh, Blondes, him yeah, with, yeah, with him and Pillman, Pillman, right? Yeah. yeah. And right. then when, but when he became Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it just turned into punches and kicks and kicking the mud hole and one Muthez press and then the stunner, and that was it. Look how much over. Oh my God! Character. I know. And, you know, and 
And no one, you know, no one is, has ever been as over as, as Stone Cold. Hogan tried the second most. It's not always about like the moves and how good it's about your presence. It's about what your character is. It's a, can you get over with an audience? Can you get them to stand up for you? Can you get them to boo you? Can you get them to cheer you? Of course. He, that, that's the important thing. That yeah. if, if the technical wrestling was the most important thing, there would be a pro wrestle amateur wrestling league. Yeah, it'd be a little different. Absolutely. Everybody would be watching that over yeah. football. And, but they're not. But, right, exactly. And there it's, is it's amazing. Right. Believe me, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here saying that that's, there's no place for that because there 100% isn't. The, the guys, yeah. stuff those guys can do are unbelievable. Remarkable. Uh, and it, they're talented. However, in pro wrestling, you need to have a character. And it's been shown over the years. And it's, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's never, pro wrestling is always going to evolve. However, that will always be constant. You always Absolutely. need to have yeah. So you're doing you so you're doing some stuff in the south basically. Um how's the indie circuit now? Is it I mean there's a bunch of you know years ago there was, with the terror there was you know obviously a lot of territories and yeah. then you know uh WWF became uh you know the main thing but there were always you know there were always territories like mid south Ohio uh you know and yeah. uh, Different, different Texas uh, uh, world class champion in uh, world, cha- world class, yeah, yeah and South, Florida, the whole nine yards. So there were them, yeah. but now there's a lot of independents right out there. There's a yeah. lot. Of, you know, I, I remember I I big in the late nineties. I was huge ECW, ECW. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I felt when I heard the music on and coming out, and you know, oh, it was just rock, it was rock, all rock. of them. my kids. Yeah. Were, it was my kids with you know also that one. Oh, crazy. they 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 knew what they they knew what they were doing and they did it the right way. Right. Uh, obviously they had a lot of their haters cause that was the difference. That was a different subsection. But, um, again, you know, I, I'm learned from Ellsworth who learned from Axel Rotten and, uh, yeah, Axel Rotten was known, you know, as the hardcore chair swing freaks, uh, him and Mania. 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 However, Mania. however, Axel Rotten was also known around the business as one of the smartest people in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it, and Paul Heyman, when Ellsworth was in WWE, Paul Heyman always said that to him and said, you know, Axel was really one of our the smartest guys in our locker room when it came to, things making sense. Now, Axel obviously did the hardcore stuff and, you know, he gigged and he was bleeding and all that, but sure, however, sure. Um, he could still wrestle and tell a story, which was the most important. Absolutely. My kids are big, big into Barstool. That's that. That's a huge yeah. thing right now. What's yeah. your, and you are too, I know you're affiliated. What's your yeah. connection? How did that happen? How did you actually hook up with that? Brandon Walker, um, Barstool Sports as the wrestling podcast, um, obviously was brought on to Barstool to do the gambling stuff when gambling started to take off, he's an electric personality. Um, and he's just genuine. Everything you see is just him in real life. There's no, Oh, really? So, he, put, really he puts, he puts on a little bit of a character, mm-hmm. you know, he gets, he gets, he's exaggerated. He's just, but he's just an exaggerated version of himself. Gotcha. So, um, which the best characters are. So he, he just said one day on, on Twitter, I saw a quote from him and from one of the barstool accounts, um, quoted him saying, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I would want to be a wrestling manager. So I was just on Twitter and I, I just, you know, wrote back, well, you can manage me. And I, and I wasn't thinking like I was just, I just wrote it. You know, so you just wrote a cold. You just, you just said, I just wrote a cold. I didn't, great I, job. I, I, great I, job. Not, even, not even to him. It was just open. It wasn't like a DM. Right, right, it, was just, right. it was, I just tweeted it. I retweeted it, quote tweeted it. And he just said, go on. And so I just told them about myself. I already knew Jake Marsh pretty well, who's okay. with PMT, um, because he was a uh, commentator for Vermont. So I did a few games with him. Uh, and I just, you know, I said, hey, you can ask him, you can vouch with him. And he just said, all right, yeah, just 
I'm in. So I started DMing him. We started talking and he invited me up a few times up to HQ, which was awesome to see that met all the personalities up there. And everyone always asks like, Oh, how's big cat? How's PFT? What's Portnoy? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. honestly, and I, I, you know, I'd be honest, but there was not one, and this isn't even just me blowing smoke because I'm you know, somewhat affiliated with them. Um, it, they, everybody couldn't have been nicer. Uh, awesome people up there. Very, very welcoming. Right. Uh, Were you a Boston guy? Were you a Boston guy? Um, yeah. So I was, I, was a, I mean, I'm a Northeast guy. I'm from Rhode Island. So right. you know, starting in Boston, I always knew of Barstool. Um, there's a few years where I was more into Barstool than I am now. Um, but I, you know, I always followed it. I think those guys are hilarious. I think every single like majority of the people there are very, very funny people. Um, obviously what Portnoy has done is incredible with that and all as a media conglomerate now. So, um, and especially with podcasting, they really have set the bar for podcasting and, uh, it was, it was really awesome experience to get up there and see, see everything and see how they work and talk to everyone. Um, like I said, and everyone, everyone was so cool and Brandon really is into this, you know, he really wants to do this. He's a very busy guy. Um, so I am cognizant of that and we try to work together as much as possible. Uh, he's going to come down with me uh, June 3rd and 4th to uh, Louisville for OBW. So oh, excellent. Really? Oh, great. Great. Uh, oh, maybe yep. Cornette will be there. Well, <laughs> I don't think Cornette comes out of the house anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're I, right. I, I wish I really do. Right. Uh, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I do, listen, I do listen to Cornette a lot. I think he he's one of the, the funniest and one of the smartest people in wrestling. So, so yeah, so, you know, me and Brandon are going to work as much as possible, try to work together uh, as long as his schedule allows it. And you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, he's, it's been great, you know, for me, I'm, I'm really happy, but he's also been appreciative that I've, you know, kind of helped him out and getting into it a little bit and, you know, working with him and not trying to just be like a Mark or a fanboy and just trying to use him to get more to get more clout i'm yeah, trying to yeah you know, yeah I mean, no, well, you you're, real, you're pretty real i think he i think he yeah, got that I'm, pretty i'm right, trying to i'm right trying away. to make it, a, make it a two-way street where i'm helping him out as well <laughs> learning it because you know we'll go to shows and i can tell he's nervous and you know we have to teach him how to the, teach him how to bump and we got to teach him how to do certain things as a manager <sighs> wow uh, because managers need to know that no doubt uh, but no the good doubt. thing i have going for me is that he can't really just leave and manage someone else because he's six five um, so he can't manage many people in wrestling because he's so tall, and you, you know, you it doesn't look good when the manager's bigger than the, than the talent. So, right, right, right. Um, look at that true. going forward. That that's true. That's that's pretty cool. Though. I, I wish you the best with that, but that's yeah, that sounds like a win win for both of you guys, really. And yeah, I'm sure he's really yeah. getting off on it too. You know, he loves it. He, he's he, he lo- he's he's a big Bobby Heenan fan. Uh, he was his favorite ever. Um, and I told right. him like everyone right. everyone's gonna love like the like the swarmy southern heel and he's yeah, that absolutely absolutely he, I, know. He's, I think he's got i think if he wants to like really you know get into it um i think we could really make an impact on the independent circuit at least absolutely. and we know where we could take it he should we study take it Harvard, Harvard, he should take the impact we take it to aew yeah for maybe sure so maybe, that's the goal right obviously that's the, obviously we would love that, to. that is the yeah, goal. yeah of course Absolutely. If his schedule allows it i think and i and if he had the opportunity to manage on a bigger stage now like again you'd have to train a little bit and learn, learn yeah. something. It takes, but, time. Uh, it takes time. So, um, when did you, what age did you get the wrestling bug? Yeah. So wrestle, I've always been a fan. Um, it really hit me about I think 98 when I became a fan. So my grandfather, uh, his mother, my great grandmother always watched it. She, I come from a big Italian family okay, and okay. she was a big fan of Bruno Sarah. I was going to say, gotta be right. You know, yeah. 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 So she'd always, you know, 
cheer, cheer the faces, hate the heels, and scream at the TV. And I, I never had I love it. to meet her, but uh, that's what my aunts and my grandfather would always tell me. You know, she'd just be sitting there screaming Saturday mornings at the TV. Oh, my God. Um, and especially for Bruno. So uh, I started watching in 98 just by flipping through channels. I had one friend at school that liked it. Now I grew up. None of my friends liked wrestling. I was the only. I had one. Friend. Really, not. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. One friend that liked wrestling, and I didn't actually go to the same school as him uh, when I got a little older. Uh, but we always stayed in touch. So he got me into it. And the first show I started, well, his dad actually owned the company called Figures, um, Figures Toy Company, um, and they made wrestling figures. So that's how he got into it. Wow. So. Um, I said, and they actually, I think they make the Jim Cornette action figures. He told me to start watching it. And the first person I saw, coincidentally, was Kevin Nash. Really? In the NWO. Wow. Yeah, when I turned it on, he was the first guy I saw. <laughs> and I was like, look at this guy. And I was always a big kid. So I, you know, I always gravitated towards the bigger guys. And like, you know, I can emulate that with them and look at them and be like, you know, oh, my, oh wow, that's, that, you know, that could be me. Um, and Kevin Nash being who he is, you know, with the charisma and the, just the aura with the long hair, and the big, sexy, you know, big daddy, cool, all that stuff. So, um, I really just gravitated towards the Kevin, Kevin Nash, and the NWO and, uh, everything, everything about it. So, uh, I was really a fan of WCW before I even watched WWF, uh, and WWF, whatever you want to call it at the time, WWF. Yeah. Uh, but then from there, I just. Continue to watch all the way through the Monday Night Wars. Uh, everyone hated on WCW in the year 2000. I liked it. Uh, again, I was only 10, so I didn't really care. Yeah. I thought I didn't think it was bad. I, I enjoyed it. I thought they had good heels and they and Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff were great heels. Right. You didn't know I, any I, better. I, you I didn't, didn't know any better back then. Any better. I didn't know any better. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't care about the David Arquette situation. I, right. I well, you're 10 years old. Yeah, of course. And I love ready. I love the movie ready to rumble. It was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. So I was like, Oh, this is fun. Right. So to me, I liked it. Uh, and then, you no, know, obviously everything changed and they got bought and uh, you know, it could have been a little better. Who knows? You know, hindsight's 2020. Uh, and from there, I just always watched. And I always said, you know, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be a wrestler. And my dad was like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, right. no. Right. Like, just focus on basketball, focus on school. And um, we can segue to that. But, you know, I I focused on basketball. And, it, you know, that worked out for me and got me through school. And Right. Uh, so let's talk about it. Actually, let's talk about yeah, that. That's about right. that. You, you, gave, you, you threw the fastball down the middle. I yeah. was wait, I'm waiting for it. It's coming. Let me hit it. So, yeah. So you're a big dude, and uh, you're working on your you're working on your mid range jumper early on, or you got your or you or you're the, you're always the biggest guy. Uh, I was always well. I mean, I, when I was coming up in basketball, big guys centers were still back to the basket, and uh, exactly. it's not like it is now. I luckily I got out of basketball before my position became non-existent. Now, Unfortunately, um, right. always, yeah, right. It was always back to the basket, you know, rebounder, set screens. I I don't think I've ever. There's very few times I've made a shot outside the paint in my basketball career, maybe like one or two threes and everything else, you know, within 10, 10 feet and in. Right. Uh, right. You know, maybe a foul line jumper every now and then, but not much. Sure. <laughs> sure. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. Everything was really in the paint. So, um, and I had a good touch around the rim. Uh, you know, I was never the most athletic guy, athletic in a sense where I was never jumping through the jumping through the roof or, you know, I, I could move quick, but I had good hands and I could, you know, I could catch and I could finish around the basket. 
Uh, and that's what kind of set me apart as a big guy. And obviously just being naturally strong and just big, um, right. that'll set you apart. Yeah. So uh, I was just kind of pushed into basketball. You know, for, I, I mean, I went moved to a new town in extra Rhode Island and people were just saying like, you got to play, you got to play, you got to play. So I'm like, Hey, why not? I'll try it. Where were Rhode Island basically? Um, um, Exeter, Rhode Island is basically near URI. Okay. So yeah, cause I, I know the, I know, you know, obviously Providence every, and then, uh, cause I remember years ago I played rock and roll in, in a lot of clubs up there. There was a living yeah. room. There were J, uh, JR's yeah. fast lane was, uh, oh no, JT five, yeah. I forget which one it was right on the, on 95. Anyway, okay. there are, there are a bunch of, and, um, of course, uh, Foxy lady, Foxy lady, which yeah, I st- one of the best strip club in eggs uh, and legs at 7 a.m. Back in the eight, by the way, back in the 80s, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I know the uh, yeah, we were good family friends with the owners, the angels, very good people. There you go. Um, so what middle so school pretty- you're middle school, you, you're you're starting to play, starting to play ball in middle school, and you're yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I played, I, yeah, sixth grade, I started playing basketball, uh, just you know, kept at it, AAU, you know. With me, whenever I really ever started something, this was this is through everything. I always wanted to give it 110%. I never tried to half-ass anything, especially, um, you know, with basketball. My dad was really, you know, stayed on me with basketball, made sure I was always like, working out and doing stuff and working on my game. And whenever I got lazy, which there were plenty of times where that would happen too, um, you know, he's like, you know, you, you can't, you can't stay late. You got to keep at it. You got to keep at it. You know, got to go to these AAU tournaments. Yeah. I didn't you know, not going to high school parties or um, hanging out with friends on weekends. I got to go to like, who'd you, know, you play for third. and who'd you play for? Um, so I played for the Rhode Island Hawks. Okay. Uh, Rhode Island Hawks. Then my last year of AAU, I played with team expressions. Um, I played with some great players, uh, sure. Mike Mara, who was on the Louisville championship team in 2013. Um, Still a good buddy of mine to this day. Lives in Louisville now. I'll actually be seeing him in a few weeks. Excited for that. Uh, Kyle Casey, who played at Harvard on some of those good Harvard teams in the lat in um, like he graduated 2014. Okay. Uh, Tucker Halpern, who played at Brown, who's now a world class DJ actually uh, with a band called Sophie Tucker, and a few other guys. I'm trying to think of my team. Did you come down to New York at all? Yeah, played at Fordham a few times. Right. Oh, okay. So some of those tournaments, the, room, yeah, the Rumble. Tournament. I think yeah. Rumble in the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx. The yeah. Rumble in the yeah. Bronx was the big one. Yeah. Um, in New, other than New York, I don't think I played in any other. A lot in New Jersey. There was a ton of New Jersey yeah, players and all those and right. yeah. players. New Jersey players. I played against all of them. New Jersey players, yeah. Gauchos. Right, of course, um, of course, Gauchos yeah. Hill. Yeah, uh, there Rivers. is. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I played against a ton of like awesome players. Yeah, because you know, um, I was back in. Um, I coached uh, JV in, in high school ball in in okay. uh, before 2000. I, I coached Mo Harkless. He plays for San Sacramento now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo Harkless. Yeah, yeah. He went to St. John's, but um, that's how I, I was. I saw what was following the AAU circuit. What was it like? So you got to high school. You went to. So you went to. to I know you went to Worcester, right? You went to Worcester, Worcester Academy. Academy. Yeah, right. Worcester Academy. Was, did you go to high school before a regular high school before that? Or that yeah. Was just- so I went to Exeter, Exeter West Greenwich High School public school for two years. Okay. Um, first year won a state championship. I was uh, basically like a sixth, seventh man on the team because we had all seniors starting. Uh, and then sophomore year, uh, we had a really good season. You know, we actually only lost like two games that season. Uh, unfortunately lost to a team that we beat twice in the regular season in the semi state semifinals. Um, but you know, it was all sophomores and it was a tough decision to leave after that. Yeah. Uh, my coach was not a fan of that. Was very upset. Kind of gave me a lot of shit. Really? Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he had to know it was coming, though. Yeah, in in it, you know, in, in hindsight, I think he felt bad about it because like, years later he did apologize. Right. Um, 
he, he was looking out for himself. They wanted to move up. We were, we were division two in Rhode Island. He wanted to move up to D one with like the Hendrickens, uh, where Hendrickens is like a powerhouse in Rhode Island with like really all sports, all boys school, private school, mm -hmm. uh, really kind of unfair that they, they play against the public schools, but uh, we, we would have competed with them, my, you know, junior, senior year, if I stayed, because we had a really good team. We, I came up with a group of guys all the way from travel teams and stuff uh, around Rhode Island. We always played together. And we all had great chemistry, but you know, just, I had to look out for myself and it was nothing against all my buddies. It was a hard decision oh. for me because I didn't want to leave. Who was instrumental in you um, opening up that the, the talk was yeah so your um, dad or you had an you had somebody so my dad definitely he was like you're gonna want to do this like this yeah. there's nothing for you here at ewg um if you want to you know get ready for college and have the best opportunity to be a division one athlete like this is the, this is the thing you need to do and my friends understood they they did not they were sad because you know they wanted to be successful but they were like hey if we were in your shoes we'd do the same thing 100 percent uh, eddie riley was the one who um you know, you can call it, quote unquote, recruited me to yeah. Worcester, the head coach. Okay. Um, love coach Riley. You know, he uh, was nothing but, you know, an amazing person and coach uh, while I was there. Um, he's still there as athletic director. He's not the coach anymore. Uh, coach Jamie Sullivan is, is the coach now. Um, and he was the assistant coach when I was there. Another, another great guy, really instrumental in my you know personal growth. Uh, it really did help me. You know, I, I think just being at Worcester, it was almost like a, a mini college and I lived there and I, you know, I was, I was in a dorm and, but also just practice wise and coaching wise and having to it, time management. It, it was, I, it was tough while it was happening, but then once I got to college and looked back, I was like, this was, this made this transition so you much were prepared. Easier. Yeah. It's the next level. It's another, it's the next level really when you really, really think about it. And that's what's supposed, that's kind of what it's supposed to be unless you had, you know, unless you really did uh, have a team and they were good, the other team was good, I'm sure. But if you had a team, like even like in our city, like you had, a, if you had a Lincoln or if you had a St. Anthony's, you know, if you had a team yeah. that was legitimately chock full, yeah, and you could stick around. But um, I can understand you, you, you going that way. You, 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 ha you have to, you have to. Yeah, it was, it, Rhode Island is just too small, and especially in New England where, the prep school scene is so prevalent. Oh my God. Yes. They, they do take people from these public schools and there's not as much competition. So if there is somebody that has a lot of that D one potential, they're probably going to go to one of these prep schools. Yeah. I got it. Um, Absolutely. It, Most, it do. Kinda, Most do. Especially big guys like me, you know, cause I right. didn't have anybody. Most of the guys I was playing against the tallest guys were like six, three, six, four. So I, yeah. I didn't have, you know, I needed to play against guys my height and work against guys because if I wanted to be a college basketball player. Right. So that when did the when did the colleges come a calling and what how was that process? What was that like for you? Yes, I, I was on the cusp of when texting wasn't allowed anymore. My first offer came from URI over text. And it was like I literally was like that summer where they said you can't text. Okay, so who was, who, uh, what, Harrick was there? Well, who was there? Oh uh, no, uh, it was um was that after. Uh, um, oh my god, how am I forgetting? Shit, I can't this? remember uh, either. Aaron, Jim Barron. Oh, Jim, Jim Barron. Barron, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, good ball player, by the way. Pat, what's that? He was a good ball player, by the way. He was, yes, yes, he was. <laughs> uh, Pat Scary actually extended the offer when he was there. Right. So uh, I got that. You know, I was pretty elated after that. I was really excited. Um, and then they kind of, once one comes, kind of the, the the floodgates open. Once a college hears, you know, they're like, okay, wait, no, sorry. oh, you are, I offered him. So, okay, here yeah, comes. Yeah, we got to get in there. Yeah. Here comes yeah. James Madison. Okay, James Madison offered him. Here comes Fordham. Okay, they offered him. Here comes Lehigh. You know, so it's 
So it, all of a sudden it starts flooding in. And I went on a ton of unofficial visits. So when it took the time to go to all these schools with my dad and he took me around and uh, I was very fortunate, you know, that he was able to do that. That must be cool. That must've been fun. Must've been cool. It right? was, it was fun to do. Good bonding with your dad. It really, it really was. And, you know, you really, you look back on it and I'm, I'm just like, you know, that was, that was a really cool time. And you take it for granted when it's happening as a, you know, 16, 17 year old kid, yeah. but looking back on it, it was really awesome. So, you know, we went to all these colleges and, uh, it, you know, I got some Ivy league, you know, they can't give full scholarships, but, um, you know, the Princeton's and the Browns were on my list of, you know, like, I, cause I was thinking ahead. You said you were good looking. Nobody ever said you were smart. <laughs> How many people think I am? They think big guys are like, ah, oh, there's nothing up there. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I had, I had the grades. I mean, I, I was, if I didn't have basketball, I didn't have the grades to get into Princeton, but I, if for, with basketball, it worked. So, uh, <laughs> so I Brown, you know, Princeton, um, those were on my list. Lehigh. I really enjoyed my time at Lehigh. And as soon as I went to Vermont, just felt right. Everything about Vermont felt right. August of 2008. And I just was upstairs. I'll never forget. I just yelled down. I just was in my room and I got out of my room and my dad was downstairs and I yelled down to him. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just going to, commit to Vermont. And he just goes, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I support it. I think it's a great, great, it's a great decision. I That's just great. did everything, the coaches and the people and the, the school and the, where it was, it was just far enough, not too far away from Rhode Island, about four and a half hours away where I can go home really whenever I wanted. Yeah. Uh, my parents could come see me play. Um, but it just, it, it just, it was big enough, not too big of a school, but just big enough. Uh, yeah. I, and I wouldn't trade anything for my time at Vermont. I, Everything about Vermont, I always preach about how great Burlington, Vermont is. I tell everyone to go up there, in, well, at least in the summer, go up there. Yeah, no and no one has a bad word. Nobody has a bad word for it. I, 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 and I get it. I, you know, it's funny. It's interesting how, um, like, like you said, I have a couple, I have some friends that uh, their, parent, their kids have gone as well. But it's one of those things where you go there and I think it just, it hits you in a certain Place yeah, in your being, it's it's amazing, and it's hard to explain unless you go see it, unless you go up there and you you experience Vermont for yourself. Uh, a lot of people are like, "How?" I'm like, you, know, "You get the mountains and you, you the drive up there, and the it just it, it just see it's just such a different place. It really is almost like its own country up up yeah. in northern Vermont. Yeah, it is. Um, so I, I I tell every single person, I'm like, go check out Vermont if you if you ever want to take a fun summer trip somewhere. Where it's not going to be like scorching hot, right? right check right. out, you know, Burlington, Vermont. Yeah, Vermont's know? beautiful. It, it is beautiful. I mean, uh, back in the day, I, I the Wobbly Barn. Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't remember and, that one. And the Pickle Barrels. The Pickle Barrels still open? I don't even know if that is. It, it's I'm a not, club. There's so many bars, and I think there's. I know. I think that the stat is that there's more. It's in the United States. It's the highest bar per cat bars per capita. Oh geez. There's so many, there's so many, especially yeah, just Church Street alone is just, you know, right. it's just bar after bar after bar. Oh, that, you know what? The, those two those two places are in Killington. I just remember they're in Killington. Okay. So now, so I, I, I have heard of the pickle barrel. I've heard of that. I've yeah, seen that it on Killington. Like Instagram stories and stuff. It's funny because my wife, she went to University of Maryland, and I'm like, you know, she, we would we went to like a um a home, we went to homecoming and when we started dating and I went with her cause she used to work at one of the big bars down there. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, university of Maryland, way bigger of a school, you know, must have a ton of bars. I get there. There's only like two bars. There. Not that many. No, that's true. No, yeah. And she used to work at Bentley's and then there was cornerstone and that was it. And they were right next yeah. to each other. 
Yeah. yeah um, there yeah. were a few of the tiny ones, but those are the ones people actually went to. And I'm like, in Vermont, we, you know, we had one ales and we would go to Rasputin's and then RJ's and Red Square and right. Metronome. And, it, it, you know, there was everything you, you could find. You could find a, you know, a different bar every night of the week if you wanted to have a different experience. Yeah. Uh, I mean, college, so, po- college Park is not, it's not Burlington. Come on. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I got there and I'm like, what the hell is this? And nothing against College no, Park. No disrespect. Everything, no honestly, disrespect everything against terms. College Park. Build more bars. Uh, it, but no, Burlington, nothing, nothing beats Burlington. Right. The basketball was fun too. Don't get me wrong, but no, I just thought experience was, was what I Yeah, really totally. of course. Yeah, it better be. Yeah. How, 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 what was it like playing in the, in the NCAA tournament? What, what, what oh was yeah. Like? I mean, there, there was nothing. There really was nothing. Is that like, amazing? My first, my first time I was hurt in my freshman year, which yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, my college career in a nutshell, um, I was, I, I couldn't play against Syracuse. It was a cool experience just being there. Uh, against North Carolina, though, against Roy Williams, I mean, yeah. Tyler Zeller, Kendall Marshall, Har- Harrison Barnes, that team. Uh, it really was a surreal experience. And the Greensboro Coliseum, which honestly, I, I should have respected that more because I, I liked wrestling, but I didn't even think about big, like, big venue, right? All the greats that went through the Greensboro Coliseum. So I can say that I performed at the Greensboro Coliseum. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, in front of a packed house, which they were all, you know, we were we were the heels. They, you know, they were, they were against exactly. the Yeah, for sure. I didn't know it been like it. the Ric Flairs, you know, the UNC fans down there. Because no one likes Duke. Duke was coming on after us. Right. Um, right. And there was a little subsection of Duke fans that cheered us. And then we had the, you know, the Catamount faithful cheering us and a couple of Duke fans that were behind us. <laughs> Because uh, they just for the fact we were playing UNC, they didn't care who we were. Um, but actually, Duke lost that game to Lehigh, who came on. Oh yes, I remember that. Up. Absolutely, that was crazy. Were, that was crazy. So we, Coach K, they were ready to come warm up, and we were running back to the locker room. And but everybody was real fired up when that happened because we were yeah. right in. Green so Bird it was a great. There. It was a real cool experience, huh? It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we were a small school. You know, we were from a small conference, small school. So when you right. you get the big school feel, they treat you. They treat you like royalty when you get down to uh, the NCAA tournament. You get you get all the bells and whistles. That's that that that's so cool. Now I know. This is not necessarily a question, but um, Mick Foley went to a lot of Stony Brook games. Did yes, he not? He did. Was he yeah. in the house for some Brown games? Did you ever? Um, he was. House? I guess he was in the house for one of the games. He went to a lot of games uh, when his father um, was still alive, Jack Foley, who was right. the Ward AD, Melville, right? Yeah, the assistant ADs at yeah Ward Melville High School, yeah, and time. he had a lot to do with Stony Brook. They actually have a seat at the Stony Brook games for Jack Foley where no one sits in. It's a red, all the seats are white and that one's red. He, he, he used to come to a lot of the games. And actually when I met, I met Mick a few times and I always, I always mentioned, you know, you know, Vermont basketball. And he's like, Oh, I mean, I love cop and rat and Sorrentine. I love those guys. They're right, great guys. Right. And I, well, Bruce, so Brennan cool. was the man, right? Brennan. Yeah, was. Brenton, coach Brennan. And oh, of course, coach Brennan. Yeah. What oh, a character. Yeah. He Absolutely. Is. Absolutely. Uh, what a, he would have made great. He would have made a great wrestling manager. Uh, yeah. speaking of wrestling managers, good call on that, but, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so he, uh, so yeah, so Foley was just you know, he 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 ate it up, and we talked more about that than we did about wrestling, right? Are you uh, a fan? Are you a fan of his? Are you? Oh, uh, I've always been a fan of Foley, me too. Yeah. one of the best, yeah. right? In all, Foley, in all phases of Foley, right? You know, mankind, everything, cat, everything, cactus, everything, of course, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, it's a lot about respect, and I, I just think I respect the hell out of a guy who was able to do what he was able to do with you know, what little he had of, you know, athleticism and 
look, <laughs> you know, because I, he didn't look like the prototypical Vince McMahon guy. No. But um, enough people were in his corner, and you got to give this guy a shot, let him do his thing. And he right. reinvented himself a ton of times and made right. that. Was he in, uh, when you watched, when you were a kid, that 10 year old kid, was he in C- WCW at that time? Because no, he was no, in. He was in, he was already McFoley. He's already left there because I remember him, them, uh, yeah. Truth Equences, Truth or Consequences, yeah, dude, New Mexico. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And then it was that, amazing, and, he, he, and, and you know what? But he's even a better guy. He's uh, I yeah. had a long conversation with him when I first started wrestling. I was helping out at his gimmick table at one of the shows. Yeah, he's an easy guy to talk to. You can just shoot the shit with him. He's an awesome, very, uh, very down to earth. He's not. He doesn't try to big time anybody. He's great to people. He'll take the time to talk to people, and I, I really appreciate my time getting to know Mick. And you know everything he's given to wrestling too, because he. You can tell he's given a lot, especially with yeah, his body. His body, he's, for sure. For he's, sure. He's a tough time moving around, but oh, um, too bad. Take, yeah. He takes the time. He takes the time with everyone. Stands up, takes pictures. He he makes sure that he uh, he gives the people their money's worth when he's yeah. Ready. He's a consummate pro for sure. So you graduate. Do yeah. you consider playing ball overseas? You know what? Are your, what? What basically? Are yeah, your I didn't. I mean, to be honest. I, I, I had so many injuries and I didn't have, you know, my senior year, I basically had, I had bulging discs in my back for my whole senior year. And uh, I played about 50% my senior year. I just couldn't ever, I was hours in the training room. I really could only play like 10 to 15 minutes tops a game mm-hmm. uh, before my back started acting up. Uh, and so it was tough. And I, got, I played at URI. Um, and that was, you know, it was bittersweet because I was just in so much pain. And I thought about hanging it up after that game, just being like, I'm just going to try to muscle through this game and then have surgery or something. And coach Becker, you know, pulled me aside one day and was like, listen, you know, you're instrumental to the team when it comes to just, um, you know, just your presence. And, you know, we can use you five, 10 minutes a game for rebounding and another body. And we really, I really won't watch it go through with this surgery we'll do what we can and you know we'll, we'll try to get you through practices as much as you can and i agreed to it i said that's you know all right that's fine I had a lot of i have a lot of respect for coach becker um in that program and i didn't want to call it. i was like you know you're right i'm happy he met with me and convinced me otherwise not to do it so i did it and i coming out of college i didn't have a lot of law i didn't like you know i maybe somewhere in china was interested and, yeah but i had no i i really didn't want to do it i was like basketball has been great to me i gave it all i had i i my biggest goal in basketball was to get a scholarship. It was never really to play anywhere else. So mission, mission accomplished, basically. Mission accomplished. I was like, I was happy with this, got what I wanted. Um, what's next? So we moved back to Rhode Island, had a few odd jobs. I knew I wanted to get a graduate degree. So I moved to Maryland, got my degree in industrial organizational psychology, started getting that athletic itch again. Like, you know, I want a reason to work out. I want a reason to do stuff. I want, I don't want to just like sit around and do nothing. So I started playing Australian football. And uh, wow. played that from 2016 to uh, the end of 2018 uh, for about two and a half, three years. That's interesting. Uh, won a national title in uh, with the USAFL, uh, wow. which is like a cool. glorified men's league in Australian football. <laughs> um, but you know, we, but it was it was competitive though. It was like a it was sure. competitive enough where you know you, you had to be in shape and you wanted to compete and um, and guys went hard. You know, they went hard on the field and off the field. Oh, really? I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Australians love their beer. Yeah, they do. We'd have a few Australians. It'd always be half Australians, half Americans always playing 18 on 18. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Met some awesome guys. Uh, But, you know, I I, I just did it to have a few drinking buddies, right? And have a few other friends and and just have a reason to keep myself in shape. 
Um, That's didn't very think cool. anything, didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, a year went by and I still was like, you know, I need something. I need a hobby. I, I always think, and it's really cool that, you know, you do this podcast. Cause I, I think everybody should have should itch that, that scratch that creative itch um, and just get themselves out there somehow, instead of just, you know, just going through you know, the mundane uh, same things at work every day, you know, nine to five and five o'clock. Now, what do I do? You know, oh, I'll go to the gym for an hour. Yeah. Who cares? You know, yeah, like, life, life gets life goes by fast, brother. It does, I mean, and it, uh, I'm probably, I, I, I'm probably your, your dad's age, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of hit a wall where I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I, I just, yeah. I, you know, everyone always told me like, be a pro wrestler, be a pro wrestler, and I was just like, you know, I, I didn't know how to get into it. I, and I, I was just really feeling down about things, and like, like I, I just needed something. You know, I needed a hobby. I didn't right. know what I, I didn't know what I was missing. So how'd you take the plunge? How did you, how did you take the plunge really the next round? Uh, oh, I just, I, I showed up to a show in, in Baltimore. I actually was listening to busted open radio and Enzo Amore was on. Um, and Enzo was just talking about, you know, he was basically saying um, he was going to be at a show and he was actually talking about big cast. Another guy I really like um, now known as Kaz XL mm-hmm. on the independent circuit and in impact wrestling is W Morrissey. Um, he was talking about how big cast went through like a little bit of depression and got into substance abuse. And um, now he's starting to rehab and he's starting to get better. And Enzo was talking about that and how, you know, he had his back and a lot of people were turning their back on cast. Uh, but, you know, he's starting his rehabilitation. Now cast looks amazing. He's doing great now. Uh, but I was like, Hey, Enzo's going to be there. I'm not doing anything. It was a Friday night. Uh, my wife was actually dog sitting. So I was like, I'm going to go see a show. And I got there and, just kind of standing in the back. And since Enzo was there, when I walked in, everyone looked at me like, Oh, is that big cast? And I was like, Oh, it's not. Um, everyone kept looking at me and in, you know, I'm intermission. I'm just standing up, you know, just kind of trying to stay inconspicuous. Cause I didn't want to, I was, I wasn't trying to outshine anybody because everyone kept looking right. at me, asking, coming up to me and asking me questions. I'm like, I'm not a wrestler. Like, I'm not yeah. A but it is tough when you walk in, you're a big dude. Yeah. No matter where you, I'm sure no yeah. matter where you go, what's the first thing they say? Hey, you know, obviously basketball. All are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All that crap. So finally Gilbert came up to me and Gilbert was just like, <laughs> Hey man, are you a worker? And I'm like, no, I got a job though. And he's like, he's like yes. no, <laughs> are you a wrestler? And I'm like, uh, no. And he's like, oh, I'm going to introduce you. You're interested in Jimmy, you're interested you in go. Jimmy, he's James Ellsworth. And so from there, literally the next day I was training. <laughs> right. He got, right. I've been riding around with him and learning from him. Just went to lunch with him. We ate me and Jimmy, um, James Ellsworth. We have a great relationship. Uh, he's helped me a lot. Uh, taught me a lot about wrestling. He's a, it, for, for, cause a guy like him, um, if people know who James Ellsworth is, you can look him up, but a guy like him, uh, didn't have the physical attributes. He's you know, a shorter guy, uh, doesn't have a great body. Um, he, he won't get mad at me saying any of this, but you know, not the best looking guy. Uh, but he, what he was able to do is he had the facial expressions and the psychology and he understood wrestling. And right. he had so much respect from some like high veterans in the business because of that, because he really gets the wrestling business so well. Uh, and you know, I was skeptical at first because he would say all this, I thought it was lip service. And I saw him around all these veterans and I'm like, everyone loves him. Everyone, Billy guns and the Mick Foley respect. They all respect him. All respect him. Uh, animal, animal, you know, rest in peace, animal. You know, I saw him around him. He loved him too. Uh, everyone, you know, really respects Ellsworth because of what he brings, um, to wrestling, what he was able to do similar to Mick Foley, you know, like, uh, you know, and Mick Foley, obviously, um, had his career um, in Ellsworth on a different level, but 
same thing, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're, not yeah. born, they're not born with the attributes that certain people are born with and are fortunate with, uh, but they're able to do certain things because they understand wrestling is a place for them in wrestling. So how tough is the training? It's the training's tough and, uh, you know, learn how to fall, you know, you got to learn how to let your body fall and not in, and, and it's something that your body's not used to. You want to brace yourself. You want to try to stop your fall. Um, you got to teach your mind how to do that. Trying to fall with contact too. It's a totally different animal, how to brace, how to understand. You got to just take, you got you to be okay with getting hit. You know, it's not a, it's not as safe as you can, as safe as we try to be. We're not always safe. And yeah, things no, happen. Right. So, yeah, you know, sure, you, for sure. things will happen. I've got clothes lined in the throat. I've got, you know, hit in the face. I've gotten choked out. Uh, I've got, you know, so, he, but it, but it happens and you can't, you know, you got to just roll with the punches literally. Right. And yeah. It so, also helps to have somebody that you're working with as well. Know what they're doing too. You got it. Yeah. When a you huge hope, deal, right? You always hope everyone that you work with is safe, you know, and, and on the independent circuit, it's tough because you can walk in a building. I don't know anybody here. Exactly. You know, and it's like, Hey, you're wrestling, you know, John Smith over here. And, and he's like, yeah, you know, I hit this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I don't know how you hit any of these moves. Like I've never seen you throw a lariat. I've never seen you. Yeah. You know, throw give somebody a body slam. Um, are you strong enough to do that? Are you athletic enough to do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately for me, I've been working with some great people and it hasn't really happened to me yet, or I've felt unsafe. The training is, you know, the first thing I've learned from uh, Nick and Jimmy is working um, safe and work being right. able to learn how to work uh, because they don't want to put their name on somebody. The quickest way to get blackballed in wrestling is if you're unsafe. So if you're unsafe and you're, you know, stiff and you're, hurting people that will get there's no place for you no there's no place for you because and and if you think you're a tough guy tough guy doing it uh there's no place we're not trying to we're not trying to hurt each other we're not we're trying to have a good match and it's gonna hurt you know we're not trying to i should say we're not trying to injure each other but it's gonna hurt so uh, yeah, yeah so we're so the training yeah learning how to roll learning how to bump uh ring conditioning is much different than any other type of conditioning because uh, you're just getting up, getting down, rolling, learning how to breathe in a ring, hitting the ropes in a ring. Um, my first time hitting the ropes, I had bruises across my back, but you get used to it and you learn the best way to do it. It's a lot harder than it looks, learning to learning to run the ropes. Wow. Uh, and, and yeah, as of now, you know, my conditioning in ring is pretty good as a big guy. Um, when we have trainings every, you know, I'm trying to go to training at least once a week. Cause now I'm working the schedule where I'm working at least once a weekend. Right. Uh, so I try to still get to training and still try to work. Cause I tell everybody like, yeah, even if you're working a full schedule, you got to get in the ring every now and then. Cause you know, matches, it's like games and practice, right? If you, all you did, exactly. was, all you did was play games and let's say you're only playing, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, a game. Like, what are you doing the rest of the time? You know, are you working? Are you practicing? Are you doing right. something? You know, you got to work on new moves. You got to, you got to keep elevate, you know, you always bring something different to the table. Sure. And so, then you got to also work the other end too. your performance, the mic, the, the persona. That's, exactly. every, that's, all that's a 24 yeah. seven. That doesn't, that doesn't that's, stop. That's it. And you got to, you got to market yourself in this day yeah. and age. It's the easy, it, it's much easier to do it nowadays than it was in the old days with social media. Yeah. Um, and you, you just got to have no shame, right? You got to kind of like <laughs> put yourself out there and you got, you can't, you can't sit there and be like, oh, well, people think this is stupid because you know, not no, not everything's gonna be not gonna be a hit. Not every hit, not every. But it's a, not every match is great. But you got to get out there and do it. I was just Absolutely. with a guy today, um, a guy to keep an eye on everybody in wrestling. His name's Quayshawn Alexander, um, and he's a football player. He played at Nebraska. Played one season at Towson. Um, he's starting to train now. Actually had a WWE tryout as well. Um, I had that back in February. That was cool. 
he had one as well right before me the week before me he went to the performance center um and tried out and you know we both got the thanks but no thanks but i was telling him today you know it, the training's great and the moves are great and he's it's coming along quick to him but the most important thing is you got to learn how to work and you got you got to work you got to you got to put yourself out there and you got to you know go to shows and um, go to the right shows because you don't want to go to some of these shitty shows. There's a lot of yeah, shitty shows out there. Sure and it, sure there's wrong. too many. There's too many, unfortunately. I know. But you want to work with the right people and you want to learn from the right people who are the vets in the locker room, who um who has who has wrestled there before. Are they just 30 milers of guys who like think they're big shots because they're, you know, the champion of the eastern panhandle of West Virginia or something, you know, like it's not, it, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but they think it's a big deal. You got to get yourself out there and you got to get reps. And I've heard from some, a lot of vets, I've sent them matches and you know, they're like, Hey, you got a presence, you're big and you can't teach that, but you just got to keep getting reps. You got to keep getting in matches. Things have to come, you know, it's got to look fluid and smooth and things got to look believable. Right. So that's, that's, the, that's what I'm at right now. So I got a big, I got a good question. Apropos to uh, being big guy. What is the hardest, what is the biggest obstacle or the, or the hardest part for being a big wrestler? Because, you know, you're one of the bigger guys and there weren't that many big guys that were able to really, you know, be marketable. I mean, you got, you got Andre, of course, um, yeah. you have um, big daddy. Cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, Gigante, but yeah. it was a little more of a phenomenon. I mean, so, so what, what is the, what do you think the hardest obstacle is for a big well, guy? For, for being a bigger guy. And that's such a great question because being a bigger guy is so much different in wrestling. It's a different psychology to it. Correct. Um, you know, again, you know, it's wrestling is a, it's a, you know, it's a performance and it's, it's a, it's a work and okay, maybe there's a guy who's six foot one, 185 pounds who can kick my ass in real life. Maybe he's a legit fighter. Um, but at the end of the day in wrestling, you know, it, it's, if I'm going against a guy who's six, one, 180 pounds and I'm, you know, close to damn near close to seven foot and 285, 290, I'm going against him and he's knocking me down and we're going punch for punch. And he's bumping me around the ring. Like it's nothing what do I look like? Yeah. And is it believable? You know, it's not believable. And it's going to look like, how dumb is this? Like like, he's big for nothing now. Like who cares? He's off his feet immediately. And now it's like, and that was one of the things Kevin Nash told me recently. I, when I met him, he, he said, he's like, you know, be careful who you bump for, you know, keep your size, keep on your feet. You know, you don't have to do too much to get over it. You just got it. You have your size. Right. Just make everything look believable. Oh, Undertaker you. too. Undertaker, very big. Undertaker, thing. perfect I, example. I forgot. I, I told totally you. Yeah, only one of the greatest big, probably the greatest big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and Kane, you know, Kane's one of the best. Oh, Kane too, no doubt about it. Yeah, those big so dudes, right? They um, they set the standard, and but they but they worked smart. They didn't do things that didn't make sense. You know, nowadays guys are flying over the top rope at two hundred eighty pounds, and it's like you can hurt. First of all, you can really hurt someone, and. Second of all, like Undertaker would do it, but he would t- do it at WrestleMania. You know, he would do it when like it's the biggest stage and like I'll do it once a year. Yeah, he really didn't do it too. Now, he didn't do it too much. Right. Exactly. He'd do the big fly over the top rope and everyone would pop for it. But nowadays guys are doing it every night. So there's no I pop. Know, for it. I know. You know, there's no, know. there's no like it looks cool once a year. It's like, oh my God, look what Undertaker just did. And you know, he shouldn't and now and you guys guys doing it all the time. It's like Right. what's next right so what do you think the hard- so what is the hardest thing for you what 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 do you think it is so the hardest thing is just when, when i do go to these independent shows and there are guys that get it guys understand wrestling business and they get like 
they've been trained well and they understand like, yeah, I'm not going to bump you around. That doesn't make sense, you know, but there are guys that have an ego, you know, and guys will say like, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a clothesline and you'll bump and I'll give you another clothesline and you'll bump. And I'll be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, all due respect. I'm not trying to shit on your clothesline. I'm not trying to say your clothesline's weak. It's not going to make sense. Yeah, it has nothing well, to do with that. I, I really lay it in. I lay in that clothesline. I'm like, that's great that you lay in your clothesline. I'm not going to bump for your clothesline in the, in the beginning of the match. Like if we work up to it and you hit me with three or four, and all of a sudden that last one will take a big bump for you. You could sell it at the end. Bump. You'll sell it at the end. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Of like, course. Of course. That's, but that's the hard thing. And, I, and I, I'm such a nice guy. And Ellsworth told me this. Like, he's like, you got to get over being too nice. And you got, and you know, you, you can be nice. You can be respectful. However, in wrestling, you got to have a little bit of an ego to you and you got to let people know like, Hey, I'm trying to protect my size. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to, he just like, you can't, you gotta, you gotta let people know that because people will take advantage of you and they'll want to beat you and they're going to want to make their shit look good. Uh, and you can't start doing that for certain people because it's going to ruin, it's going to ruin your image. So he's like, we well, got, you got to really, that's one thing it's, it's hard to overcome because I'm just such a naturally nice person. And I want to be a team player and work with people, especially guys that might've been, you know, working for 10 plus years right. where I'm like, Hey, you know, you, you know, your stuff, but he's like, you got to just let them know that, Hey, if it don't, if it doesn't make sense, let them know that. Yeah. You're also paying your dues now too, which is great. Exactly. Um, I'm stoked for you, brother. I mean, I, and full disclosure, I don't know. We don't know each other. We never spoke together. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I've been following you for a long time. I think the, one of the greatest things I thought was, uh, you know, besides the social media thing back, I think I started really uh, following you before COVID, right before COVID, uh, you know, I, I might make a comment. You obviously commented back or, or somebody, you know, you commented back. And then I said, I got to get one of those shirts. And you, yeah. you know, like you said, yeah, I'm, you, we're getting them in. You, you got one. I'm like, okay, cool. So in like a month or two, you know, later you finally get this stuff in. I'm like, yeah, brother, you remember I, I wanted one? She goes, yeah, yeah, I got you, blah, blah, blah. And it was like within like three, four days, you had them. I got the shirt. I sent you the bread. It was like, oh, yeah. my God, I can't, I can't believe it. And the, here is the shirt, right? I'm yeah, like, there it is. Yeah, baby. There's the shirt. Oh, That's very important before, before, I, before I get you out of here. Meat Pop Express, explain. All right. So my whole everybody. So every so if everyone wants to know where the big trouble Ben hey, well, Lou, have you seen Big Trouble in Little China? Say that okay. again. Have you seen Big Trouble in Little China with Kurt Russell? The no, I, you know what? I have to say I didn't. Really? So I a lot know. of people haven't. So that, that's actually sometimes it's good or bad if people haven't seen it. So actually, I think it works in my favor because my character in the the, the shirt that you're wearing, um, that image came from the Big Trouble in Little China logo. Okay. So the movie for Kurt Russell, one of my favorite movies, um, he plays a character named Jack Burton. It's a John Carpenter movie, the same guy who made They Live with Roddy Piper. Okay. Um, so in the same vein, also Escape from New York. Um, so oh, uh, right. now, you, of- now you're talking. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Uh, so Big Trouble in Little China, just a, a cheap kind of 80s movie, a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and Jack Burton was always one of my favorite characters. So I you know, was trying to figure out a character, trying to go through a few names and workshop a few things with people and i was talking to a good buddy of mine vic ramon um and vic's a wrestler and you know he was like we both love these these cheap 80s movies and we both love big trouble in little china and we were just saying to like he was like you know i'm just like he's like what do you like what do you think i'm like you know i like these 80s movies and i i almost want to kind of be like a cool like character like that like an 80s 90s type throwback big guy and he was like why don't you just call yourself big trouble and i was like 
oh shit like, that kind of did you say like, perfect i was like that sounds really it, good. it does sound good it does sound like, good trouble. he's like he's like yeah then just throw you know, your first name and like whatever pick a name I'm like, yeah, ah, yeah. Fish, fine, whatever. Right. so <laughs> so i went with everyone's like where did that come from i'm like i just it was just bb so i, I like it kind of, i like it so um so yeah so i just went with it and uh and from there everything started flowing so in the movie he says he has like a monologue in the movie where he talks about, you know, quaking the earth and shaking the pillars of heaven. So I said the earthquake and pillars shaking. So I added that in there. And then he drives in the movie, the pork chop express. So I just, so actually one of my, one of my uh, teammates up in Vermont would always say, would always like when he would talk about a guy who was big, he'd always be like, yeah, you know, he's a meat pop. Love so it. I just, Love so it. basically it was a locker room thing where I just said meat pop express. I'm like, okay, it sounds good. And uh, you know, I because I always remember the best promos ever were Ric Flair, The Rock, right? So you know, of course. you know everything The Rock would say, you know, they, um, pie and all that stuff. You know, the, the Ric Flair's with the limousine riding, oh, styling and profiling, right? And Thousand dollars shoes, yeah. and it's just, it's just you say it so fast, and you say it so quick, and it's just like, you know, it just starts to click in people's heads where it's like, oh, okay, earthquake and pillar shaking, leader of the Meat Pop Express, where it's like. No one asks questions because it's like, okay, he's just saying it with so much conviction. It makes sense to me. Now. Right. <laughs> it's like, you it know, totally does. I'm glad you explained it because um, yeah. I also have the hat. I have there the hat also. And I wear, I wear, I, by the way, I wear the hat constantly. And, you know, <laughs> a few people have asked me, what the hell, you know, what the hell is that? And I, you know, I just say, hey, big trouble. You got a big, big, big guy's coming. You, you got next big thing. And now I <laughs> finally explain, you know, what the hell, what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Here. And I, um, and, and there's new merch coming out. I got new merch. Maybe I'll, I'll plug it right now. And anybody that wants to follow me, Twitter, Instagram are my two biggest ways to follow me at big trouble BB. Um, always posting on there, always about matches. I'm really excited because I'm finally going to get to, uh, work in Rhode Island, um, in my home wow. state. So I, oh, I have a cool. show July 31st. I have a ton of shows before that, but July 31st in Rhode Island, um, I'm going to get a ton of family there, friends, oh, really, man. really pumped about that. I really want to say uh, thank you to a guy who helped me out with that wrecking ball of Gursky, even though we're, we're rivals right now. I'll shout out wrecking ball. Shout out. Taking one shot. He's a great, great wrestler. People should follow him as well. Trained by uh, bully Ray Dudley. Oh, really good wrestler, okay. big man, 370, 62, 63, 370, mm. big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. We've had some battles. He's left some marks on me. I've left some marks on him. So uh, we're not done yet. We're definitely going to do more battles up and down the East Coast. So uh, anything yeah. in the tri-state area at all coming up? Anything right now? Yeah. So I got um, I'm, I'm involved with a few companies up in the tri-state area. Uh, Invictus Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Up shout out Invictus. I follow them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Invictus is great. Follow Global Syndicate Wrestling this weekend. They have a show. I will be at that show. Um, it is, uh, GSW. It's going to be GSW catalyst. Great card. A lot of MLW guys, Alex Hammerstone, Jacob Fatu from the Samoan. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Really? Family guys. Um, Chris Dickinson, an indie, an indie wrestling guy. Very right. good. Uh, where is that? Where is that? Actually in uh, Ridgefield park, New Jersey in New Jersey. Oh, that's not far from me. Actually. I'd love to try. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I will be on that, on that show. Can't talk about exactly what I'm doing yet, but it will be a surprise and, uh, okay. uh, great, awesome promotions to follow. Anybody that wants to follow independent promotions to young promotions, younger promoters know what they're doing. Good production value, which is really important. In the indie circuit right now is production value, which a lot of indies don't have. Um, those are great ones. Of course, adrenaline championship wrestling down in Maryland with James Ellsworth, um, he runs an awesome show. Always has some really good names he brings in. Yeah, we're gonna put all the descriptions also below. No problem. Exciting shows. Um, Voltage in West Virginia. I'm going up to Pennsylvania for a show called Ballpark Brawl. Uh, that's being run by a guy named Chad Miller and Al Snow, which people know. The head, uh, absolutely. 
There's OVW in Louisville, of course, as well. That's and I'm great. always in Tennessee. Um, but my, my goal this year is really to branch out more. And my goal is to get to as many states as possible. I'm happy I got Rhode Island on the docket right now. But I want to um, start branching out, start getting some more places, get my name out there, because I hope hopefully by the end of the year and beginning of 2022, you know, I'm starting to get the ball rolling with um, – uh, and nothing against any of these companies. I love these companies. I want to always be in contact and, and always work for these companies when I can, but I want to get to the places of like the ROHs or the AWs. And, yeah, absolutely. And you should, and you know what? And I think it's a great idea what you're doing. You're getting out there, you're mining the gold. You're really, you're working hard, you're training, you're getting out there, you're taking, you're, you're paying, you know, you're paying, you're cutting your teeth. And I think that's it. really, you got to do it. And it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm happy for you. I think it's, I think it's really, really going to really happen. How, how about the wife supportive? She's very supportive. Danny uh, has been amazing. She is, uh, she's really supportive at, at first. She didn't get it as much, you know, right. and she was like, you know, how much time is this going to take? Very away? important and very important uh, to understand. She's starting to get it and she understands and she knows how, how passionate I am for it. And, you know, we had to talk about, you know, it is something that I, uh, I've always wanted to do and this is my last real chance and I'm, you know, I'm giving it 110%. I go to a chiropractor all the time. I'm, I'm starting to work on, uh, work with some other trainers that have worked with guys like Kenny Omega, um, shout out life med, um, Institute here in, in Baltimore, in, uh, Timonium, Maryland, okay. um, okay. guys like John Morrison and Kenny Omega and got them in better condition to get them ready to get to the next to to work on injuries and stay at the top of their game so i'm going to start working with the guys there uh because i i want to because I, I mean at the end of the day you know i am i'm 31 now so i i'm not a spring chicken i've had my injuries um i had you know it's do or die and i gotta i gotta really in these next few years are very pivotal let's go uh, for it no, no pun no pun intended with, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so I got to grind and it's very pivotal. There you go. Uh, come on. I, lo I love you. I love you. Maybe, yeah. you'll, maybe you'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for so, being uh, Yeah. So, no, I, um, yeah. So these next few, next few months, especially this next year is really, really important because, you know, you got to go, you know, I already had that first bump of learn learning how to, the first hill to learn how to, you know, get yourself out there, get a character, learn the basics. That's the first hurdle. Now I'm in kind of a valley. Now it's the second hurdle of, you know, now it's the next level. Where are we going to go next? Got to start yeah, working with bigger names. Got to start, you know, having, having better matches. It's not just go out there and big boot somebody and pin and go home. You know, you gotta, you gotta be able to work now and learn how to work and learn how to, you know, the little intricacies. That's the second hill. So I'm, I'm getting there, you know, I'm, I'm starting to trek up. Not over it yet, not even close. It sounds like you're enjoying the journey, though, because I, I think it's enjoy be a pretty cool. It's been a pretty, a pretty cool did, one. Guy did tell me that um, this weekend. His name's Flip Gordon. He's in uh, ROH, a really awesome talent, awesome guy too. Um, and he said that to me. He's like, "Man, you just got to enjoy the journey. Like, enjoy it. Don't, you know, it, it, there's ups and downs, and sometimes it sucks, and sometimes it's great. But you know, you just gotta, you gotta stay, stay level. You know, when yeah. it goes like this, you gotta stay like this. You just gotta stay even keel." Yeah. Uh, as, as soon as you hit that low, the next high could be three days later. And that's what happens. You know, you're like, where am I going next? This tonight I got, I get a text. Oh, I got a great opportunity. Awesome. Now I'm back. Now I'm back up. So you got to kind of just keep it just like, Hey, your time's coming. Your time's coming. You got to look, you got the size, you got things people can't teach. So understand that, you know, your time's going to come. You just got to be patient with it and you got to just keep working at it and it'll, it'll happen. That is so true. And on that note, thank you so much. I was excited. I finally, you know, got to talk to you. You're on your yeah. way. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Big Trouble, Ben Bishop. There's no doubt about it. Spinning spine duster. I appreciate all your support. I really do. Thank yeah. you, Louie. And uh, I, I wish you only good things, man. And I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna check you out at a show for sure. 
There's no doubt about Absolutely. it. Um, I would say the best one to go to, um, the GSW one's a good one. Also Invictus on June 26th in uh, uh, Little Ferry, I believe it's oh, called. Oh, Little Ferry, New Jersey? Ferry. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. That's yeah. with inning. That's, I could hit that. That sounds like a better, even, a, even a better one for me. It'll, to be, get it'll to. be outside. It'll be not really good, yeah. Yeah, no, I really appreciate this. Stay well, man. Stay uh, stay handsome, baby. You, you, you're that's, looking oh, that's, good. That's too easy. That's too easy. Look at this flow in the green eyes. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's, yeah. It's you know, I, I, yeah, you even look better on Zoom than you do on, uh, on the <laughs> IG. I guess I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> take care uh, of yourself. Grind and pivot. Little moments that change everything. We had big trouble. Ben Bishop here, and I can't thank you enough. Appreciate it, brother. Closing doors, please.